Welcome everyone. You're listening to Weight Loss Made Real and I'm your host and coach Cookie Rosenblum. Today I have a treat for you. I'm going to interview a special guest, Heather Robertson. Heather Robertson is from Half Size Me Podcast and she has a community called the Half Size Me Community. Heather herself has been through an amazing journey and that's why I wanted to invite her here for you to hear her story because Heather herself has lost an incredible 170 pounds and that has pretty much put her on the road to really dedicating her life to helping other people conquer extra weight and get healthy and live the life they were meant to live. So welcome to Heather. Heather, I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing your story. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm love to talk to you again. You were you were awesome to have on my show and I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, let's dive right in. One of the things that fascinates me most about your story and you may be tired of hearing this, but one of those things is the amount of weight that you lost. Because, you know, people struggle with 10 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, but it's hard to imagine having the ability to stick to something for long enough to lose 170 pounds. So let me take you back to the beginning and ask you a few questions. The way that I see it, there is a difference when someone gains 40 or 50 pounds and when someone gains 100 or 150 pounds. Can you tell us through your experience what it's like to be gaining weight and see the scale going up and see your clothes getting tighter and yet be unable to stop? What was it? What was the journey upward like? Right. A lot. Well, it's a lot of dishonesty, and it's a lot of dark moments. Is really what it is. And and you're aware of what's happening, but you disillusion yourself to to the reality of everything. I mean, I I was on such a negative. I was in such a negative mental place that I just could not stop binge eating. I could not stop overeating. I got all of my my you know emotional issues dealt with via food. And I knew the weight was going up because like you just said, I had the clothing, I had to go get new clothing. I had, you know, I, I stopped weighing. Most people do when they're gaining that kind of weight. They just, they get so discouraged. They don't want to step on a scale. And I understand that because, you know, I, I remember that. And you avoid even going to the doctor because you, you deep down inside, you know the truth, but you don't want to have it solidified in reality. Like you don't want to step on the doctor scale, have the doctor get on to you and then, you know, have to really face that reality. So in a way, it's kind of like you're avoiding it, but yet deep down, you know what's really happening. But when you're in that really dark place where that weight is coming on like that um, and you're just, again, binge eating and dealing with everything with emotions with food, many times it, you just don't know how to stop. You, you know, you're, you're unaware, you're not self-aware enough to realize what you're feeling and what you really need or want. 
in order to deal with it in a productive way, chances are you're growing up, you maybe saw other adults around you doing the exact same thing, or they never taught you properly how to manage your emotions and your feelings. So you you weren't given the proper tools. I always say we get so angry with ourselves for not knowing how to eat properly and how to manage our emotions. But if you think about it, it'd be like getting angry with a child for not knowing how to write that was never taught how to write, you know? That's right. That's right. We were never given those tools. And so I'm here as a 30-year-old adult saying, okay, I'm ready to get healthy. And I'm having to reteach myself things that I should have learned when I was a child and I never learned. So you're aware of it. But you don't really want to have it confirmed in reality. Uh, <laughs> you 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 know it's happening, but you but by never stepping on that scale and kind of avoiding that, you in a way kind of lie to yourself and make it seem like maybe it's not as bad as you think. But deep down, you really do know it is. So it's not that you didn't care, but it's more that you didn't know where to begin. So you just did not deal with it, right? You just kind of turned your head the other way. Stop looking in the mirror, maybe? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I did not own a full length mirror until I hit my goal weight. And I, the only time I would ever see myself was like in a bathroom mirror from like, you know, the countertop up. And I, I, and you'll find that to be true for a lot of people who hit that kind of excessive weight. Many times they avoid looking at themselves in glass, like when they pass a store, they don't want to go into fitting rooms, they'll buy stuff off the rack, take it home, try it on, hope it fits like they, they avoid full length mirrors, and really looking at themselves because again, it's facing the reality of the situation. And you rather would be disillusioned just a little bit and kind of live with the food the way you've been living with it because you don't know this alternate world where you could be eating some of the things you like. And when you're feeling a certain thing, dealing with that emotion differently, that that world, it's almost like there's a cloak over it. You just don't even know it exists. So what you're doing is actually kind of a safe, warm, comfortable place. And you don't want to give it up even though you know it's destroying you, right? Right, exactly. And you mentioned that you were binging and also I would assume emotional eating. Oh, absolutely. Yes. What did you do during that period of time when you knew the weight was going up? Were you actively trying different diets or setting rules for yourself? Oh, yeah. I was the queen of buying the diet books. I had a whole collection. (laughs) A whole shelf dedicated. Yeah, I was really good at buying diet books. I was really good at getting angry with myself. I was the I was the last supper. This is the last binge. Come Monday, we're going to get your act together, Heather. You know, this is pathetic. Why can't you do this? Like all the horrible things that I would think and say to myself that I know many, many of the listeners that have that kind of weight to lose, I'm sure have struggled with. And what it literally is, is I'm going to get all this food in. I'm going to Monday, I'm going to start this diet. It's very regimented. I know I'll lose weight and I'm just going to follow it this time. Here's the thing though. When you are a binge eater, there is no part of that diet book that says, by the way, after 14 days, when you do binge, here's what you do about it. Like that doesn't exist in text. (laughs) I know I've checked. There's no, there's no book that tells you that. And inevitably that's exactly what happened to me. I was a good starter. I could start a diet. I could probably last a couple weeks, maybe even in the upwards of a month. But there was always a point at which I broke down and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I found myself binging 
And then I felt like an ultimate failure because I followed the diet book. I did what they told me to do. I got to the certain place and there was no reference or mention in any book I ever bought that said, you know, if you struggle with this, this is what you do and this is how you move past it. And in just this one binge isn't going to make it to where you can't achieve a healthy goal. It's only when you let it go on for days and weeks and months. Like I, I never found that. So I always thought, man, I must, I, there must be something broken with me that that doesn't exist out here and nobody mentions it in any of these books. That makes a lot of sense. And you and I both know that failure is an inevitable part of change and growth. But if you're not prepared for it, you just kind of give up. Is that what kept happening over and over? Oh, yes. Uh, it goes back to that not wanting to be self-aware. Like we we don't naturally gravitate towards admitting our weaknesses and asking for help. And people would say to me all the time, oh, it's just as easy as eating less and moving more. And people would you know, tell me, you know, they would say this and I didn't get it when I was at my heaviest. They would say, you know, this is totally in your control. I didn't think it was like <laughs> genuinely. Right. Yeah. In that moment, like when you're really binging, I mean, when you, when you zone out and you, it's you in the food and literally I think people could be robbing you and all you want to do is shove that food in your face and you could care less that even anyone else is in your home, you know, as long as they can't see you. <laughs> um, when you're in that zone, right, th that kind of power, that being entranced, uh, you, you, you really feel like you're a victim in that moment, right? Like I know I did. I felt like literally the binging would happen and I was beaten down and it, it took over. And I, and then once I did, I felt like such a failure. Failure. And then it was like, well, Heather, there you go. You screwed up again. Have at it. Now I welcome failure because I've grown so much in that arena. I realize anytime I make a mistake, it's really just an opportunity for me to figure out what didn't work, make improvements, and go back to it. But when I had been so often and so many times and I didn't know how to pull myself out of it, I just allowed it to overwhelm me and just, you know, I really did feel like a failure. And I was so scared that anyone would think I was incapable of doing this thing that seemingly was so simple to everybody else, right? Right. So what's interesting, and I give you a lot of credit, is having such a, a big amount of weight ahead of you on the horizon that you wanted to get rid of and failing over and over and over again, that you kept getting yourself back up. And what I'm wondering is, what was your motivator? What was driving you to keep trying and not give up and stay where you were? That's a great question. The The truth is, is it was my son. I All that emotional stuff, all that stuff that I was carrying with me, it really came down to, I just didn't know how to love myself. I, I really didn't. I didn't know what real motherly love felt like. I had not experienced it personally. And when I was looking at this baby and I felt this strong connection to this baby, I thought to myself, I could not say to this child what was said to me growing up. I could not treat this child the way I was treated growing up. Like, I immediately knew how flawed my childhood was in that moment because I knew I could not do those things. And I loved him so much, which then told me that I had not really felt true love the way that I think a mom and a child would feel. And it forced me to say, okay, all I know is what I haven't, what I've done in the past has not worked. I knew that to be certain, right? Like I had plenty of time and experience doing the 
same thing over and over again for 10 years and never getting where I wanted to be. I knew that didn't work, but I had never experienced a situation where I went at it because I actually loved myself, not because I hated myself, not because I was ashamed of myself, not because everybody else thought I should do it, but because I really loved myself. And I really, in that moment, didn't love myself. I loved him enough to get me started. In the journey, I started to transfer that love I felt for him onto myself because I realized I'm a human being just like he's a human being and I deserve the same level of love and compassion even if it wasn't given to me when I was young. But if I had not had him, I question if I would have because it really took a pivotal change in my thinking for everything to go from I hate myself, I loathe the way I look, and I just desperately, I remember just wanting to whack the the body fat off myself and like in like in horrible ways, like, you know, just really vicious, you know, things that I wanted to do to my body. Right. You don't go from that place you know, to, to the goal. You just, you don't. And I know that because I actually did lose weight and I gained it all back. You know, like I had lost 80 pounds, gained it all back and then more 90 pounds more. So I had already ventured down that road of hating myself. Then I only gained the weight back plus more. So if I didn't change my tactics, if I didn't change the way I did it, and if I didn't start to do things from a place of love for myself, then I would lose the weight again. And based on the way that I gain weight back, I would probably be up to six, 700 pounds by the time it was all said and done if I gained it all back again, plus plus all the extra. So it was really having him. And I also had to look at it from a place of, do I want to be a hypocrite, right? Do I want to tell him to love himself, take good care of himself, feed himself well, to treat himself with respect when I can't do it myself. Like what kind of role model would I be for him? And I had a teaching background. I should should clarify. I had worked with preschoolers. I'd worked with at-risk adolescents. Um, I had worked as a middle school math teacher. So I had always worked with kids and I knew they're going to watch what I do. They aren't going to listen to a word I say. <laughs> I can tell them until the cows come home. Right. But if I'm modeling behavior that is 180 degrees opposite of what I say, they are going to call it all day long. So I have a choice to make. I either live the life and I act it out so he can see it, or I try and say it and know that I'm not being truthful, which isn't my character to do, or I just sit on the sidelines and say nothing at all. And the idea of saying nothing at all and letting his life maybe go that way without at least putting in a fight... I couldn't bear that. Like that hurt worse than trying to lose 170 pounds. So along the path, you make this huge decision. You have this major motivating factor, your son, your love for him. You're wanting to give him what you never had and what you never learned how to feel for yourself. And then along that journey, there must have been many, many times, as you said, losing a big chunk of weight and regaining it where you had a pick yourself up. So was it a combination of working on thinking about yourself differently and really trying to find that compassion for yourself and taking the steps you had to take to lose the weight, even if you didn't feel it, you know what I mean? Even if you didn't believe it, that you were worthy and deserving and lovable, you had to take those steps anyway before you believed it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, the hardest thing with losing weight, especially losing the amount of weight that I had to lose, is that 
the longer you do anything, the more chance there is of mistakes and the more chance there is of setbacks and the more chance there is of feeling discouraged or just losing interest, right? I mean, those those are all kind of real things. I mean, when you have a smaller amount of weight to lose, it shortens everything up, right? The time, the duration, everything. For me, it really was saying, okay, in the past, everything was about really extreme things like extreme calorie restriction, extreme dieting, extreme everything. What if this time I totally went at it with this idea of what I can maintain for the rest of my life? And that kind of was the center. I always tell people you have to have a compass that you come back to. And so for me, I had a couple things. One, the compass of whatever I choose to do to lose weight, I would also have to be willing to do to maintain my weight loss, which meant I wasn't going to give up dessert for the rest of my life, which meant that I wasn't going to always, you know, skip the the pizza or the birthday cakes and all that kind of stuff. I was still going to consume those things while losing weight. And even if it meant the process was a heck of a lot slower, I would enjoy the process, which would guarantee me to be more apt to go longer in the process and get where I wanted to be. Um, I also had to be willing to work on my binge eating while I was losing weight because that was one of the huge reasons I never got very far with my weight loss. I was good at losing, say, 30 or 50 pounds, but I could easily binge that back on in a month. I mean, I, I really was very good at putting weight on for my binge eating. So I knew that that was something I was going to also have to make an allotment for and completely treat differently than I had ever done in the past. And so I had to have a much more mellow, much more loving, much more compassionate way of dealing with it where I wasn't super restrictive with my eating. I dealt with the binge eating differently and I didn't allow myself. I just gave myself minimums to focus on. And there were nights I came home crying. Like I would go to the gym. I would come home crying because everything hurts. Nothing feels good when you're 280 pounds and you're trying to do stuff to lose weight. Like it hurts. And I come home crying and I would say to my, and my husband would say, can you just do it one more day? You know, can you, can you just do it one more day? And that was kind of the mantra I would play over and over again. Just do it one more day. Just do one more meal. Just stay focused for this one time. And I would inch my way through the whole process, but there was plenty of times I wanted to quit. But you have to realize that in that moment, you're sa- I, what I would say to myself is I'm sacrificing the rest of my life for this one moment in time. Is it worth it to me? Because the time I spent losing weight, while it was long in the grand scheme of things, is very small in comparison to the amount of time I want to maintain this weight loss. So even if it took me five years grand total to lose the weight between three pregnancies, I still have been almost maintaining that weight loss as long as it took me to lose. So, and then I've still got lots of time left, right? So it becomes one of those things where you really have to use your more logical side of your brain as opposed to the emotional side, which I think the emotional side is what trips a lot of people up. So it sounds like you had to really teach yourself how to step back and look at the bigger horizon, right? Not just this week or this month or these three or five or seven pounds, but the bigger horizon of years of your life. So it made it worthwhile. And you knew that this was it. This was how you were going to be in the future indefinitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heather, it sounds like your husband was amazingly supportive. What do you suggest for people that don't have somebody special in their life who's going to be that warm you know, gentle, loving, honey, you can do this. What do you suggest for them? 
I suggest they go out and they find it. And I tell people, you know, it's sad to say this, but I had to get to a place um, with my husband. We had been married since, you know, we, we had met when we were 17 and we got married when we were 20. And I remember in my weight loss journey that he still, we were food codependent. Like we, we both had an eating issue and we used food together to, to deal with a lot of stress and emotions. And there was a time when I finally made the decision. I knew internally this was different. I knew I wasn't doing it the same way. I knew I was going to get to my goal. I didn't know when, but I knew I would. And I saw some of the old behaviors for him creeping back up. And I had to get strong in an area I had never been strong before, which is I had to sit down with him and say, you know, look, I want you to understand I'm getting to my goal. And and this what we've got going on here is not healthy and productive for me. And while I love you, I cannot be in a relationship where I where it is not healthy. I mean, I can't do that anymore. And I had to be willing to walk away from a man I have been married to and deep down inside understood that, like really let that settle in. Like I had to be willing to do that. And knowing we had three children together, very young children at the time, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It felt insane to me to be in that loop anymore. And he listened to me. He understood. And, and from then on, he didn't, you know, we, he really worked diligently on helping. But I would say for people, believe it or not, you have to get to that place where you really don't need or want anybody else to give you the feedback. It's great if you have a support system and I actually have a support community and it is a valuable tool for everybody. But internally, I think we look to everybody else outside of us to say it's okay and that we can do it. And that may not be there some days. And if that's the thing you use to keep you going, then that's a slippery slope. You need to make sure that when you're doing this, you know that it's completely for you. And even if you start a quote unquote diet with somebody you love or care about, if they fall off, you still need to be strong to go forward for yourself. And that, so it's kind of like, I think you have to have that personal strength and grow it. But I also think if you don't have any support whatsoever, you need to get with somebody who is, is you know, maybe got personal experience or, or who has worked with people like that to kind of help build you up and cheer you on or surround yourself with a community of people who get it. Because it is hard sometimes to understand for those people who've never struggled with their weight or who haven't been exposed to this kind of a thing to really understand where you're coming from. And if you surround yourself with people who will cheer you on or a support team, it's going to make it that much better. But I think a lot of times we look to our immediate family and friends and they are not always the best ones to do it. Right. I, I think if they're not equipped and know how to support you, they're going to get frustrated when you fall down, which as we know, you're going to do. So yes. I, I think what you're saying is, you know, a community, a group, a coach, a teacher, a leader, or a buddy, right? Where you both set rules for yourselves and you know you're not going to go down the rabbit hole together, but one of you is going to pull the other one up when you're down. In fact, one of the rules that I have had in different relationships where I've been struggling to do something with a friend as my buddy partner is that only one of us could be down at a time. We have to take turns. So if I go down, <laughs> you can't come down with me. You have to help me get back up. 
That's a great one. Yeah. I think what it is too with the family, they like you said, they don't really a lot of times understand. And all they see is you starting something and then usually not completing it, right? So a lot of times I even hear people share with me, Heather, I don't even want to tell my family that I'm trying to lose weight, let alone look for support from them. Because I've said so often I'm going to do this and I've never done it. And I feel like a failure even telling them. And so that, that should highlight an bigger point, which is if you feel like that, then you definitely need to look for any kind of weight loss. And people who have been down the same road you do, they get it. Like they get this whole, I started, I stopped, I started, I stopped. I mean, I I have a very soft place in my heart for those people because I was that person for 10 years. I yo-yoed back and forth. I started and stopped so many times. And then finally, I had the aha moment to where I could move forward. But had I not had all those stops and starts, I wouldn't have learned what didn't work. And I wouldn't have learned you know, what not to do. And and I kind of look at those as being valuable lessons. But I have a different perspective because I get why we do those behaviors. As somebody who's on the outside may not see that. You know, that's a family member. Do you have a general opinion? Tell or don't tell the general public when you're starting again, you know, and you failed so many times and you're embarrassed? I think for me, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. I ran um, one of my compasses. I, I had many compasses that helped me along the way. One of my compasses was do not do things the way you've done them in the past. Because again, I had more than a decade of proof that what I did in the past did not work. Like I didn't need to prove that anymore. <laughs> I had that down. So what I did was I said, well, what do you normally do, Heather, when you start a diet or when you start eating healthy? You announce it to the world. Hey guys, I'm on a diet. You know, I I got to have this special diet food over here. Like I, I made a big deal about it. And so I said, all right, so that's what you normally do. Let's go the opposite of that. So I didn't really say anything to anybody. I mean, my husband knew, you know, that type of thing, but I did not announce it to anybody. Didn't make a big to do about it. As a matter of fact, because I started so heavy, it wasn't until I had almost a good 50 pounds off before anyone really even noticed or said anything to me. And that was a little discouraging because when you're talking about losing weight, you know, most people, most people who don't have 170 pounds to lose, you lose 50 pounds, people notice, you know, that's right. But when you're that weight, you can easily lose 40, 50 pounds and people, they're hesitant. They know something might be a little bit different, but they're not really sure. But, you know, they don't want to say anything because if they're wrong, they don't want to be embarrassed. But if for for the person who's lost the weight, you're like, man, I just lost 50 pounds and no one said anything to me, you know. So, you know, from that perspective, it was nice when you start to get the kudos because you realize you didn't tell anybody what you were doing and they started to notice on their own and they said something. So if you can't count on getting that positive feedback and the compliments from the outside world, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose and it's not visible for a while, what are ways that you could reward yourself and give yourself, you know, a good pat on the back when you reach different milestones? That is a great question because I'll be honest with you, when you start at that weight, most people, their only reward is food. And and I'm sure you've seen that too, right? So uh, that's one of the big ones. The big questions I get is what should I reward myself? Because my reward has always been food. And it's almost impossible for our brains to venture outside of that because that's like the immediate thing we want to go to. And it does make us seemingly feel really good in the moment. And so what I try and tell people is look for experiences or things that 
maybe you have shied away from or maybe things that you haven't thought to do for yourself in the past. And it can be something simple like just going to get a new outfit. Or for me, I'll never forget this. One of my first ones was a massage. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I was still pretty heavy at the time. I was push- still like I lost, I think, 30-ish pounds or something. And I was still pushing on uh, close to 300 at the time. And I was embarrassed. I, I I called up the massage place and I said, do your tables hold people over, you know, through around 300 pounds? And, and Lay's like, yes, they do. Because I had gone places where my size was such an issue getting into a booth. I couldn't always get into a booth or I couldn't always fit into things. And nothing would have been more humiliating to me than being, you know, undressed and up on a massage table. Right. But it was one of those things I had always wanted to do. And I told myself, okay, when you lose 30 pounds, that'll be your your reward. And of course, it felt very awkward to me at that point. Now I love them. And that's like one of my first go-to rewards just because I enjoy them so much. But at that time, that was one of the things I was always scared to do, but I gave myself permission to do when I got to a new place, like things like getting a pedicure, stuff that I, a lot of times those self-care things we might avoid, you know, not everybody, but I see that a lot. They they tend to get avoided because we don't really want to invest in ourselves. So those would right. be the kinds of things I would maybe think about doing. Invest in yourself and also to be vulnerable by putting yourself in someone else's hands literally and figuratively and saying, you know, do something to me that feels good when you don't feel confident or comfortable with your own changing body. Absolutely. So over a long period of time, how much time was it that you got down to where you are today? Sure. I started after my son was born uh, in 2006. I lost, I want to say about 30 pounds Then I got pregnant again in 2007. So I took 10 months, obviously, for my pregnancy. And I just focused on eating well, balancing as much as I could and not gaining a lot of weight. And then after I had him, I lost about another 30, 40 pounds. Then I got pregnant again in 2009. I took 10 months. And and I kind of look at the pregnancies as being forced maintenance breaks. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Uh, Yeah. So I, I learned how to maintain again through the third pregnancy. Now, once I had him... I started losing again. And then I still realized after having lost almost 70 pounds and I had seen a picture of myself and I thought, you know, again, going back to how our mind plays tricks on us, I I thought, you know, I've lost about 70 pounds. When I see these pictures, I'm going to see such a difference because one thing I have learned is pictures don't really lie. Like I used to avoid getting my photo taken because I figured I wouldn't, you know, ever have to see, you know, the reality. And then when I did see the pictures, even though I'd lost all that weight, I still could see how overweight I really was. And I was like, and I still had 100 pounds to go. And I was just like, wow. And and that's when I said, okay, I joined, at that time I joined Weight Watchers. And I said to myself, I tried Weight Watchers many, many times and, um, and gone and stopped and gone and stopped. And I said, I don't care how long I have to go, how long I have to, you know, to, to show up and weigh in. I'm going to continue to do it until I hit my goal weight because before I had always done it for a week or two and then I quit. And I'm like, well, that never worked for me. So I decided I was going to stick with it. And I'd go and I'd sit in the meetings and I would weigh in and, and that was pretty much what I did. And then when I got to maintenance, I ended up, you know, leaving because ultimately there wasn't very much support for maintenance. But from the time that I had my first son till when I hit my goal weight, grand total, it was five years. It was roughly five years for me to lose the weight and have the two pregnancies in between. That's, you know, that's a long haul. That's a project. And, you know, the fact that you stuck with it. I also love the fact that 
what you said about Weight Watchers was you were flexible. You, what, what didn't work for you at one point in your weight loss journey, you decided you could adapt to it and make it work for you at a different point. So you weren't black and white. You know, you didn't say, I'm going to stick to this. And if it doesn't work, forget it. I'm done. You said, okay, this isn't working anymore. Let me try that. Now that's not working anymore. Let me try this. Yeah, I find you cannot. Unfortunately, I think, and I and I used to be this way, so I get it. We we want to believe this one thing is going to do it. You know, this this one thing is going to be the thing we need. And uh, one of the things I work with my coaching clients on is picking the right tool at the right time. So it's not to me really about how you choose to track your food, whether you want to track points, whether you want to track calories, macros, intuitively eat, like however it is you want to go about doing that part of it. It's really realizing that you have to begin being kind to yourself and you have to be willing to switch things out as they don't feel like they're working for you anymore. And often I see people say, well, this worked for this one person, so it should work for me. And if it's not working, then that means there's something wrong with me. And I just have to work at it harder. And 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 sometimes there are some tweaks that are needed. You know, maybe you are not doing everything the way it, it should be done in that particular program or whatever. But for the most part, sometimes things just aren't good fits for people. Some things don't work for others. And that's okay. You have to be willing to try different things and realize this is your journey. All these external things, whether it be a Weight Watchers or a certain program or whatever, They're just tools you use, just like you would use tools to repair a car, right? So it's the same concept. And sometimes one tool is is the right one for the job and sometimes a different one is. But you have to be willing to be gracious with yourself and let yourself try different things to find what does work for you. So how do you know when it's the tool and you say to yourself, okay, that's not working. Let me try something else versus it might be you and you might need to be just a little bit tough with yourself not beating and hating, but more just like, come on, you can do this. You're not trying. How do you know when it's you or the program that you're trying? Well, I think for the most part, you know, deep down inside, I mean, you know, you, when somebody starts something brand new, they're like all gangbusters excited about it. You know, they read the literature, they do, they follow it to a T, they weigh and they measure their food. And then after a little while, we kind of lose our luster. You know, I mean, it kind of gets a little bit boring, a little bit tedious, a little bit routine. Hence why when you asked me at the beginning, what, you know, what's you know, kind of a difference between losing a large amount of weight and a small amount of weight, it's that time perspective, the amount of time you're going to be involved in the process. And so there was times in the journey, I knew I was getting like that. I knew I was like bored out of my mind with counting points and I didn't want to do it anymore. And so what I would do is I would pay attention to that. I would hear that voice saying that to me and I would switch up what I was doing. I might switch to something like the Simply Filling Plan, which is more like just eat from this list of foods and don't track, you know, maybe give myself a breakfast break from tracking altogether, maybe switching it up and eating it maintenance for a couple weeks. And then that way, again, I get a break from the process. But when you're looking at losing that amount of weight, and you know, it's going to take you it took me at least 18 months to lose a little over 100 pounds. When you're looking at it like that, you've got to play mind games with yourself and keep yourself interested in the process. Because unfortunately, 
we tend to, I always say we have uh, slow cooker bodies and micro, we live in a microwave world, right? Like everything is fast paced, <laughs> but our That's bodies right. don't work right. that way. And so we have to kind of psychologically keep ourselves interested. So creating new goals if you're feeling bored out of your mind, at least be honest with yourself and admit that's what it is. And I would do brush up sessions where I would go back to basics and I'd say, okay, am I really weighing and measuring my food right now? Well, no, I'm kind of slacking on that, right? So let's get back to that. And maybe for that one week, that's all I focus on. Strangely, all the things start to click again, right? It, it, you really have to be honest with yourself and say, what am I feeling? Am I really giving this my full effort? And chances are, you, you can kind of answer that honestly and you know the truth. Um, the question then becomes, what do you do about it? Because so many people feel like, oh, well, if I'm not doing this perfectly, then you know I shouldn't either be doing it at all or why bother? And I would make the point, that's when you want to switch out those tools. If you're feeling bored and you're feeling restless and you don't really want to do the work, go back to basics or find something different to keep you enticed. There's nothing wrong with that. So in other words, it's really we have to accept the responsibility from the beginning. It's our responsibility to figure out what it will take for us to get that extra weight off, whatever it is. And it could be 20 different things, you know, periodically changing places, but it's up to us to keep figuring it out. And to assume from the beginning, there are going to be those moments. Like, I think what it is, I luckily I had tried losing weight so many times, I knew that that would eventually happen, right? So like, I knew I would get bored. I knew I would get sloppy. I knew those things would happen because I had done it so many times. And, and the only difference was I was more loving and compassionate with myself. And instead of allowing myself to quit and just walk away, I said, okay, hey, Heather, you know what? Let's take a maintenance week this week. You eat at maintenance calories. You relax. You don't worry about weight loss this week. You just worry about maintaining your weight. Or I would say, hey, Heather, why don't you just go ahead and switch to this other way of doing it? Maybe track calories instead of points or whatever. And I would give myself a mental break from what I had been doing because I knew looking at the longevity of my goals, that I had to be willing to switch things up as I need be to keep myself interested and intrigued in doing the, the process you know, to begin with. You get down to your comfortable, natural, healthy weight. What are some of the challenges and what are the answers to what kind of effort it takes to maintain this loss? What do you do now? How do you look at it now? That is a good, good question. And I tell people all the time what I think with maintenance, what I what I typically see is at first there's like this kind of honeymoon phase where everybody does everything really, really well. They're very regimented and, and they're very on top of everything. And then after that happens, a lot of the times I see people kind of sliding and, and I say you really need to, to create your minimums. Uh, your minimums to maintain your weight. And that is a personal thing for you. So for me, one of the things that I don't let go of and I just hold on to and I've done it religiously every single day is I track my food. I journal my food. I know that for some people that may not be the way, but for me it is. It keeps me honest. It keeps me aware and it keeps me accountable to myself. And so every day I track my food and then and then I try and get in four workouts a week for myself, four weight training workouts a week, but my minimum is two. So the reason I have the minimums and why I tell people have your minimums is because it's when life gets crazy, you had a death in the family, you've got somebody hospitalized, you've got a major event coming up. 
what happens is that's when people just let go of everything and they kind of revert back to their old behaviors and then they gain a lot of weight back. I get many emails from people who lost a substantial amount of weight, gained it all back because of a job transfer or because it, it started with my husband got sick and got hospitalized. And what it was is they couldn't do everything to the level they were doing it. So they just stopped doing it altogether. But if you have your minimums in place and you know, okay, my minimum just to maintain my body weight would be for myself to maintain, uh, to track and to get two weight training workouts a week and to walk as much as I can. That's my minimum. But in a normal week, it looks a lot different for me. Like I track, I meal plan, I cook a lot of great food for my family. I, you know, get in at least four, usually strength training workouts a week. And I do a lot of walking because I really enjoy that. So what would be in a normal week versus a minimum week look different based on the level. But most people don't establish that minimum guidelines for themselves. So that way they don't fall below that level and then end up gaining the weight back. So it's almost like you have your ideal way that you'd like to eat and live and move, but you have a built-in plan B with that minimum requirement for yourself. So you always know no matter what happens, you will at least do that. Absolutely. I was just on I was just on vacation as you and I were talking before we got on. And while I was there, I did my minimums. I actually didn't even really get my two full workouts in, but I just walked a lot and I tracked my food and I came back only two pounds heavier. Had I not done that and I had had not tracked my food and I had not walked and I had not you know been at least doing my minimums, I've gone on vacation in the past and easily gained 10 pounds, you know? So it, it's like you, you've really got to know yourself and know what things, you know, work for you. Um, that will make it successful for the long haul, but to keep, but to think you're going to stay at the level that is your ideal all the time is not probably going to happen. There is always going to be a life circumstance that will occur that will disrupt your flow of living. And when that happens, it's really important to know what you have to do in order for you not to gain back all the weight you lost and to kind of keep it up until you can get back to your normal routine. I think it takes a huge dose of reality to deal with the maintenance part, right? Because I think there are people that truly will put a lot of effort into the weight loss part, but secretly in their head, they're thinking, I don't want to have to pay this much attention all the time. You know, I don't want to always be thinking about what I ate and how I'm doing and how I'm feeling. What do you say to those people? That's why you want to enjoy the process of losing weight because it the process of maintaining a weight loss is not much different at all. And because I had had the experience of uh, I call it one of the quiet the, the the loudest silence you will ever hear. The loudest silence you will ever hear is when you lose a tremendous amount of weight, you get to a really healthy place and then you proceed to pack it all back on plus more. And no one says a word to you. And nobody acknowledges it. Nobody says anything. It's like the white elephant in the room. Nobody says word one to you, but you know you're gaining all this weight. And everyone applauded and cheered for you while you were losing it initially, right? So it is a very, very hard place to be. And I have been there. I've been on that side, and I've been on the side where I've been as heavy as I have. And I knew in the back of my mind that I I didn't get something the first time. I didn't understand something. And what I didn't understand was that 
the behaviors that I, I that I used to lose the weight, they were so crazy restrictive. There was no way I was ever going to be able to maintain that. And the issue with me wasn't learning how to lose weight. I was really good at losing weight. I just couldn't maintain it worth a darn. And I had to put that as my primary focus. So I would say to myself almost daily, seriously, I would say to myself, how are you going to live in maintenance? Are you going to have that piece of cake? Probably are. So go ahead and have it now. Learn how to have a piece of cake instead of the half a cake. You know, learn how to have a piece of cake and enjoy it because when you get to your weight loss goal, you're going to still have to learn how to navigate that. And so when I was losing the weight, it was all about maintenance. I'd beat that drum in my head over and over again. But I think a lot of times it's easy to see that goal weight on the horizon. You get excited. You're willing to cut corners. You're willing to do things maybe a little faster to get there. And then you really don't think what's going to happen the day after. And it really is all about the day after because I promise you, as sure as I'm standing here, the last thing you want to do is drop a, a good amount of weight and then go and put it all back on again and just hear that very, very loud silence I told you about. One of the things that inspires me about your whole story is that it makes me truly know and believe in my heart that if you could do this, other people can definitely do this too. They just have to figure out the right way for them. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons I do what I do is because when I started this in 2006, you know, the internet, of course, was around, but it wasn't like it, there was not the level of blogging that's going on now. And I honestly just I had a very hard time finding a person who lost weight naturally that had the amount of weight that I had to lose and that I could kind of look at in maintenance and feel a sense of security knowing that this was possible. Like I really had a hard time finding those people. And I kept saying to myself, you know, I would so love to see somebody and every great once in a while I might find a random person here and there, but it was not a substantial amount of people. And so that's why I do what I do. That's why I do the Half Size Me show because if I was able to do this after a decade of yo-yo dieting and a lifetime, I didn't start binging when I was eight years old. I mean, if I was able to do this and I knew that I was able to do this, then that means that all the other human beings out there that are struggling with this, we're all human. We're all capable. It really isn't about what you eat and how you move your body. It's more about how you think. If you can transform your thoughts, your body will follow. And what I mean by that, it's not like a bunch of woo-woo kind of stuff. I'm talking about choosing to reframe your thoughts and focus on the positive changes you're making, to be kinder and nicer to yourself instead of mean and restrictive, all of those things, the way that you've always thought about this, like I've got to be on a diet or off a diet, all of that stuff, that stuff has to change. And when it does change, then you can live your life in a way where you can still have the treats, you can still eat the good food, but you are not doing it from that desperate place because you're never going to get to have it again, right? So all of the mindset stuff is really, to me, the, the gold. It's, it's, the, it's the big stuff. If that can all fall into place, the eating and the exercise work themselves out. But I think in our society, we prioritize it the wrong way. We prioritize it, follow this diet, do this exercise program, when really it should be, here's how to change your thought process to where you can actually get through this whole thing and come out on the other side, you know, in a better place. Exactly. And I know we're both on the same page when it comes to working on how you think and managing your thinking 
in order to be able to get yourself to do what you know you want to do and make the food choices that you know you want to make. So Heather, tell us again how people can find your podcast and your community. Absolutely. If they go to halfsizeme.com, everything is there. If they are interested in joining the community, they can just go to halfsizeme.com forward slash join. We'd totally love to, ha- to have everybody join in on that. We do webinars once a week. And if you want to work with me directly, there's a tab that says uh, work with me at the top. Of course, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. And I've been coming really good at Instagram now. So <laughs> I'm getting much better on there. Um, so yeah, definitely go to halfsizeme.com. I would totally love to connect with you. And more than anything, I just want to really express to those people who are, are dealing maybe with a larger amount of weight to lose that I promise you this is totally possible. The only the only thing that really has to change is your thoughts around it. And I know that is a difficult, you know, can be a difficult process. But if you listen to my show, you listen to, to Cookie's show, you really start to transform your mind. You really can get to where you want to be. And I get emails from people who've been listening to my show since 2012, and they have a totally different attitude and they're making progress. And so I, I guarantee you it's the mindset that you have to pick pivot in order to get you through this journey. Totally. I want to agree with what you just said and just add in that there is no time limit. You know, there's no deadline. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Just get started. That's the important thing. And don't give up. So Heather, thank you so much for being here and sharing your really personal story with us. There's a lot of lessons that we can all take away from it. And I think it really helps us have perspective on our own journeys. So that's it for today. This is your coach Cookie signing off until next week. And I want you to remember when you search for answers, keep it real, just like you. I will see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more and get some worksheets or interviews I've done and a few free chapters of my book, go to weightlossmadereal.com and sign up for some goodies. I'm really happy to share what I have with you. That's all for today. This is Cookie Rosenblum reminding you that as you search for answers, remember to keep it real, just like you. I will see you next week.